And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and today I am joined by Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, people will be so happy and pleased to know that we're recording this on Monday after the Bruins played. That's the benefits of afternoon hockey. We can do it after the game. So you're getting the most up-to-date analysis i love when like uh local news sounds gonna be like yeah sounds gonna get traded at like 10 o'clock yes i was gonna say uh, that or uh i love when like local news channels will have like their sports promos for a show and it'll be like the most up-to-date analysis anywhere tune in to channel seven and i think that's that's us tonight we're yes we're right on so uh anyways uh bruins get a huge three nothing win over the devils on monday uh we'll get to the rest of the road trip yeah, to the road trip after this. I want to touch on this game first. That's as complete a game as I've seen them play in a long time. 3 nothing, And they pretty much... Con- I know the Devils are uh, severely injured with Hughes out, Hamilton, um, yeah. some others. But uh, they played that Devils team about as good as I've seen them play anybody all year. Yeah, no, that was a, a professional one, I think, is the best way to put it, right? I mean, even in the first period where uh, they get the goal from JVR and it gets called back on the offside... Um, they're still, I think, what was it? 16 to eight, I think was the shot shots on goal for the Bruins. So they really controlled that first period, come out really early on in the second, establish themselves, get that goal from coil. And then it's just kind of all the, the hallmarks of a, a solid professional win, right? You obviously have Jeremy Swayman has a 31 save shutout, um, fifth straight game for him, third start in a row, obviously with Lena's all mark out. So good. There's not really been any immediate wear and tear there, but when you also add in the fact you get a power play goal from Pasternak, who had a eventful road trip, I guess I would uh, as probably the best way to put it. Um, PK stood tall, especially down the stretch there where there was a chance for uh, the Devils to make a push. You get an empty net goal. They they kind of seal off, avoid a, a late game rally. Frederick gets the goal off of a great effort. Um, whichever way you kind of put it, even as you said, Devils are banged up. Not, at a, not anywhere close to 100%, but... To get back uh, at home after a long road trip, there's always the chance of that being a letdown game. And then you could really kind of control play uh, right from the start. And again, you go like, yeah, they're injured and everything, but it was they played the right way. Like it wasn't a 5-4 game where they gave up a lot in the defensive zone. I mean, they were stout in their own zone. They had a million chances at the other end. They played really well, uh, cycling it and everything. So like... To me, I, I mean, again, you hit it. Like, it's professional. That was a meat and potatoes, 9 to 5, clock in, clock out, get the job done kind of win. You know, I mean, that's a that's a Evan working at Target in high school kind of uh, kind of win. You know, you, you clock in, you clock out, you do your job. You don't make any mistakes because the you boss will make mistakes working there. But yeah, you, you, you do what you, you got to do. <laughs> you help people in distress when they, like, bring too much stuff to the self-checkout counter. Yes. You know. They're trying to put the, each individual where there's original in the scan. You're like, no, please, please don't do this. No, I would never the do best that. was I would the never best do was, that to you, Evan. No, thank you. I appreciate that. It's like back in the day, they would bring a whole like a 12 pack of Gatorades and they would try to scan the barcode on each one. And they'd be like, I didn't know this 12 thing Gatorade was like $96. And I'd be like, oh, that's because it isn't. <laughs> it's because yes. you only scan one barcode. Um, so uh, but yeah, this was a good win. Uh, they get the job done. They do what they have to do. Uh, you mentioned Frederick on that empty netter. That's as good of an empty net goal as I've seen in a while. And it wasn't even because of the dive. It was because he blocked the shot. Good yep. stick positioning. Like 
I think that hits it, and he's on pace to blow right past his point total from last year. And we can kind of touch on him first. He, and, and we've said this a little bit this year, looks more and more like this is the kind of player he is. It, last year was not a fluke. This year, with worse line mates, he's still producing. And I don't have the numbers directly in front of me. Again, people know that the minute I open my phone, my Wi-Fi goes freaking kablooey. Uh, but but he's well on pace. I mean, he's on pace to be what, like 40, 45 points? Yeah, Am I way goals, off on that? Tw- 20 goals, 40-ish points, yeah. Yeah, and he's got, he's got the job done. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it's something where I think we've talked about it with Frederick, like, uh what exactly type of player is he right like he can be i think productive bottom six guy but last year we took a step forward offensively i think we're all like all right is that a flash in the pan is that like unsustainable shooting numbers for a guy like him or is this kind of what we can expect moving forward and it seems like he's building off of that and i think he's found the right balance right of of being the kind of player that knows what his role is um can impact a game beyond just kind of looking for trouble or laying a big hit or dropping the gloves. Right. Like I think we mentioned this before, like I'd ra- I think the Bruins, especially rather him be a Nick Paul than like a fourth line scrapper. Right. A guy that, uh, a cosmic know, gumbo. Yes, exactly. A guy that, you know, can be physical is a big body, but can do a lot of his damage, uh, on the score sheet. And I think you're seeing him make those strides and I think he's overall feel a lot more comfortable with his game. I think, you know, every game, it's not like he's going in with a, a different objective in terms of like stirring the pot or, or pissing off the other team. It's about kind of playing his own game. Let maybe the chaos come to him when the time arises, but uh, especially offensively knowing how to play his game um, and generate points. And yeah, for kind of wherever they put him in the lineup, he's delivered. So I think he's been a guy that's been, especially earlier on when you had guys like DeBrusque or what have you, that were kind of struggling to get going. Frederick's been a pretty much a constant for most of this year in terms of you kind of know what to expect from him night in and night out. Been huge. That he's won and others JVR. I mean Van Riemsdyk. I think just the subtle little between the legs pass. He is he is dying to score a between the legs goal in front of the net. I mean it is only a matter of time until it happens. Um, but I just think his playmaking ability around the net. I think just his play in transition. He we've you know we've touched on him as well this year, but has a goal taken away. Uh, on Monday, I thought he was going to score on that power play right after. Just scored the exact same goal. Yeah. Um, but again, I think coming to the year, we were saying, "Hey, he's going to be big in that front on the power play. That's going to be his thing. He's a little slow. I don't know what else he's really going to do." He fits in like just that solid veteran presence. Know what you're going to get points wise. Good puck plays. He's another one I think that continually continually impresses me. Pretty much every game. Yeah, no, he's been he's been huge, and uh, I I don't I don't have the exact numbers now, but I remember I think it was last week when we were looking at his numbers. He's uh, near the top of the league in terms of five on five primary assists. Like he's a guy that, as you said, we thought he could be a productive power play guy. Hell, if fucking Nick, Nick Ritchie, who's like busy knocking out dudes in Finland, can <laughs> can get you know fifteen goals, you know, contribute on the power play. A guy like JVR, who again is up there in age, but has a pretty lengthy, you know, uh, resume in terms of being a really productive net front guy on the power play. He can fill in, fill in that role. And I think you've seen JVR like do that beyond just the gets the power play, uh, you know, goal that gets taken away in this game, but just how effective he is at the net front, even with those quick little passes, you can see why he's a guy that I think when he's surrounded by more talent here, uh, in Boston, see why a lot of those quick feeds are leading to, you know, directly to five on five goals. 
Yeah. You got guys who can corral the puck and actually score the goal. Even though the Flyers this year are doing pretty Flyers well. Flyers are good, so. yeah. But last year, <laughs> mess. was a mess. Not good. Not so good. Not so good. Uh, before we get to the big storyline, I think, from Saturday's game, and, and you touched on it a little bit at the beginning, um, kind of from that whole trip, um, I think one of the most impressive parts of Monday's win over the Devils is that that was a game that if they lost, we would have been like, coming off a road trip, afternoon game on a Monday. You know, I know the Devils are banged up, but again, just that post, you know, that first home game after a road trip always feels a little like a scheduled loss, uh, you know, a game that you're not expecting your best. And they brought their best. And I think it comes back to, like, Charlie McAvoy was talking after uh, the St. Louis win, saying that, you know, five out of eight points doesn't sound bad on the road trip, but, like, a lot of points were left on the table. There were a lot of uh, botched overtimes and things of that nature. Um, So, again, I think it's impressive that the Bruins came out uh, on Monday and got that win, considering the circumstances. Uh, Hopefully, you Bruins fans bet on the Bruins winning that game. Uh, And if you didn't and you want to, uh, you should go check out our good friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. In Mass, 21 plus and present in Mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gamblinghelplinema.org, or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com, or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Now, back to the show. So uh, the big storyline, obviously, uh, Swayman gets a shutout. I think it's his third of the season. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, an all-star, yep. too. Jeremy Swayman is an all-star. He gets to That's the perfect kind of guy to go to the all-star game, right? Young guy, first time, um, whereas Oliver Bjorkstrand is like texting He's guys, like, hey, you want to go in my place? So. Yes. <laughs> Can you please? The wife is angry. I'm angry. This just isn't working. Um, but he gets a shutout, uh, and then obviously he has played – uh, five games in a row, three straight starts. Um, one thing we were really wondering going into this stretch with Omar out, which it doesn't look like Omar's injury is severe. Um, yeah. He's still listed as day-to-day, which is a good thing. Um, one thing we were wondering is, can Swayman, what's Swayman going to look like playing all these games in a row? And so far, the early returns on it have been pretty damn good. Yeah, no, he's been, he's been huge for this team, as he's been all year. But I think whenever... I think, first of all, the Bruins are very lucky that it does seem like it's going to be maybe, you know, a week or so with a guy like Allmark. He's already was back on the ice on Saturday. Uh, Montgomery mentioned on Monday that Allmark skated. So 
he's well on his way. Wasn't as courageous as Connor Bedard skating though. Connor Bedard with the, with the, with the mask on and the the fractured jaw. They went out there and shot some pucks. Yeah. I was worried for a second. That's courage. Yeah. Braver than the troops. (laughs) Yes. Crisis avoided in Chicago, but um, good to see Allmark back out there. Um, Considering the optics of what it looked like on Tuesday. I think a lot of people were, were like, well, shit, might have to swim in the rest of the way. Um, so it doesn't seem to be the case. So the Bruins are very lucky there. But yeah, um, you know, for Swayman, even if it's over this little stretch here, this is why you have two elite level goalies that, you know, if one's banged up or one's in a, you know, fallen into a bit of a rut, truly really hasn't been the case this year. You do have the luxury of turning to a guy and giving him, you know, four or five starts in, in a row if needed. And so far, Swayman's been up to the task. And Montgomery kind of mentioned it after Monday's game that, um, you know, Swayman had a really strong year last year. It made a lot of huge strides, but he thinks he's seen a completely different goalie this year in terms of just how competitive, but like composed in terms of, you know, not playing the puck, letting, letting the play kind of come to him. And he's got all the mechanics or whatever goalie Bob kind of can uh, delve into a lot more eloquently, eloquently than me uh, about just how, you know, composed he's been in net. And I think you've seen it this year. Yeah, I agree. I think he's looked uh, a lot better. I think that was one prediction that uh, I personally had before the season. Hey, he's going to be a lot better than, or, you know, he's going to take strides in his game, and he has. So, got to give myself a pat on the back for that. Sometimes you got to, you know, got to praise yourself. It's not the worst thing in the world. Um, but some of that motivation might be coming from uh, what happened over the offseason. And uh, when in St. I think it was in St. Louis yes. uh, when he was asked about being named an all star. This is courtesy of Scott McLaughlin. Uh, quote, after dealing with what I did this summer with arbitration, hearing things that a player should never hear, it feels pretty special to be in this situation. Now, I know he talked uh, on Monday about those comments, and um, clearly it it hit him, uh, which makes sense. I mean, arbitration sucks. Um, arbitration is, you know, for those who don't know, it's where... Uh, you come to the table with what you think you're worth and you pitch your case and the team comes to the table with what they think you're worth and it's usually less and they usually have to say some things about you that are not something you would normally say about someone like, you know, he's not great playing games in a row so that's, you know, $500,000 off and then he's not good in this so that's another you know million and I think he took it to heart but I think it seems like, well, again, we'll see what happens when they go back to the negotiating table at the end of the season but it does seem like it's turned into motivation. It's not hatred towards the team. At least right yeah. now, it doesn't seem that way. Yeah, no. Again, I think people hear those comments, and they were kind of, I don't know, off the cuff. Or it definitely was surprising when you just hear it, especially like in the scrum of like, you know, it's the it's the the layup, like the the Kobe to Shaq alley-oop of like, <laughs> all right, you're an all-star, how's it feel? Him to like mention it like uh, as part of that thing, I think probably ca- catches some people off guard, but... That being said, you know, these are still pro athletes uh, for, I think, especially in this market, when you uh, have heard of uh, a guy, Tom Brady, and how he deals with criticism and chip on his shoulder and carrying that with you. Uh, I'm sure like every other person on this planet who watched The Last Dance with Michael Jordan during COVID (laughs) and how a guy like him, a guy like uh, Jordan is wired of like these people who will take any slight as motivation and channel it positively which is something that you know um i, I wrote a story on monday like a, a staple of a jeremy swayman scrum is uh, i think he says you can't buy experience at target which i believe is a a line from red gendron his uh the late red gendron who is his coach at maine but i think that's something that swayman takes to heart of embracing the good and the bad you know 
uh, enjoy, you know, taking that experience and building off of it, whether it be great, a great game in net, uh, a game seven loss, uh, dealing with arbitration, all that kind of shit that comes with it. Um, and kind of just building that as part of your, uh, journey and, and using it as motivation. Like the same thing, like Swain, if you mentioned game seven, this season, he'll talk all about like how that was the the worst feeling in the world. I never want to have that feeling again. Like same thing with arbitration. Doesn't want to feel that again. So how do most of these pro athletes channel that? It's by using it as motivation. I think, um, again, we'll see what happens when the time comes to negotiate a new contract. You have to imagine it's part of the business. The Bruins were already had no cap space. So what are you going to do necessarily in that situation? They, they did give him a solid by giving him a one-year deal when they could have locked him into two years for it, which probably would have uh, struck another nerve there. So he's due for a, a big contract. So I think the Bruins are hoping you can uh, overlook kind of the, the, the tough conversations you have to do to deal with during arbitration to, to get to that finish line for this new contract. But yeah, I mean, for someone like Swayman like that, um, like every athlete who is fueled a path to, you know, professional sports through, uh, motivation and channeling all that uh, into their prep work on and off the ice um, doesn't really come as much of a surprise to me in terms of just the big picture, the implications of of his comments. Yeah, and I can confirm you cannot buy experience at Target. That's not that's, that's true. Not, you did, some, we you didn't, didn't sell Target. Someone someone wasn't like at the the self check <laughs> counter doing that. No, they didn't nobody. Have like a, no, they didn't. They didn't have like a red polo shirt. And they were like trying to scan. Like I want to work at Target. I want the Target experience. And you're like no, please, please stop. Don't do that. Uh, you okay. couldn't. You couldn't get experience off like the uh, in aisle six and okay. go up and try to buy. You couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. Gotcha. Um, maybe you know. Maybe we need to do that. Maybe we need to get like a box just as experience on it. And whatever experience you need, it just like comes over you. And you, it, it's a lot of money though. We're gonna sell it for a lot and make a lot of money off it. Um, I agree with you though. I think Swayman has clearly uh, channeled that motivation well, uh, just in terms of playing a lot better. Um, and just, I mean, I remember even last year after game seven, um, you know, how he took it and how he was like, I stayed here all summer and, uh, you know, trained and this and that. And I think that, I think he clearly wants to be here, but I think there's a catch. I think there's a little catch to wanting to be here. And it's something that Bruins fans and the Bruins front office has not been used to in a while. And we'll get to that in a second. But first, Connor, a quick word from our friends over at HelloFresh. So, Connor, we're recording this uh, late Monday, like 7 p.m., um, yes. and prior to coming on here, I was like, I don't want to eat super late, because I've been eating dinner very late recently, mm-hmm. so I, I had it before, and I, I made a HelloFresh, which, I again, I've gotten into the, the swing of doing. Um, yes. I have to get up the actual name of what it is. It was Honey Time Chicken with Roasted Potatoes and Broccoli. It was really good. So simple. It was really good. Like, the, the sauce, the honey on it was awesome, mm-hmm. so. I'm like fully fueled up, you know, I'm like ready to go. It was great. Absolutely. Um, Perfect. Anyways, the long-term impact of Swayman's comments and what he went through with arbitration, I think goes to this. He wants to be here, but he ain't taking a hometown discount. And we're a pro securing the bag podcast. And I think he's going to ask for his market value in the off season. I don't think they're going to get him. Just my opinion. I don't think they're going to get him on a relatively cheaper deal. Five, um, five million. 
Oh my God. <laughs> the door. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? What, what's your take on that situation? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think he's signing for $5 million. Or no. Like that. People talk about like <laughs> no. a hometown discount deal. That was, that was real. I wasn't doing like a Beyonce <laughs> dance move or anything like oh, that. Oh, oh, um, oh, oh, oh. Yes, I was not doing that. Uh, but no, yeah, I agree. And it's going to make for some tough decisions for the Bruins in terms of this upcoming offseason. We've talked all about the fact that I think they have about 27 million in cap space this upcoming year, which you can inquire a. He's going to uh, be asking in- for all 27 million. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like when you look at it, right, you have enough money to retain, you know, you look at the fact that they only have a few guys to retain um, that you could view as being like key pieces like Swayman, maybe DeBrusque, whatever that contract ends up being. Got to figure out what you do with Grizzly. A few of these, you know, one year rentals, what, what have you, but uh, you don't have a whole lot of. Uh, you know, it's not like last year you had like 10 guys that are hitting free agency, a lot of key pieces there. You can really add to an already pretty strong group by, you know, signing. If you're looking for a centerman, you're looking for like Noah Hannafin, whatever. Like you've got a lot of uh, money to do a lot of different things. But if Swayman's all of a sudden commanding seven and a half million on a long term deal, which he's playing himself into, it's not like it's you're you're signing him for, you know, expected future contributions in terms of him taking the step forward. Like he's building towards. I think being like a top 10 goalie in this league, just like Olmark um, makes a tough decision. Cause all of a sudden, if you're uh, your goalie tandem is accounting for 12, 13 million against the cap, then you got some decisions to make. So I think that's the biggest thing. I don't think the Bruins have any issue with giving him the bag or signing him long-term as a guy that's 25 years old, but can you keep both guys under those kind of current contract parameters? That's kind of the big question there. So that was my next thing is Swayman is Damn worth sorry, that sorry, money. <laughs> no, but I no, you're right. Cause now I'm not going to sound crazy asking this, but you know, Olmark's making 5.25 now. And I know that was signed, you know, three or four years ago now. So again, like he's due a lot more money and he's going to be up after next season. Yeah. So again, does this, you know, does Swayman signing at seven, let's just say, force their hand and say, you know what? Maybe we move off of Olmark a year early. We bring in uh, Bussy as the backup, or we get another experienced NHL starter behind him, or not starter, NHL backup behind him that can, you know, take 30, 35, maybe 40 games. Or, you know, do you trade Olmark? Like that's, I, I think, and again, we'll get into this more when the offseason comes around, but just kind of big picture looking ahead. I think it kind of sets up for that, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. They could. And again, yeah, and I, again, I don't think it's... I think the Bruins are kind of leaving no stone unturned in terms of how they want to approach this thing. Like, maybe they want to bite the bullet, and if they think that Olmark and Strayman is worth that significant chunk of the salary cap, maybe they run it back for another year and go from there. But it does give them the options, right, of if all of a sudden you're looking to add to this team and you're able to keep a lot of your cap space intact by trading a guy like Olmark, but you're trading him for... Hell, we'll see what it is next year. But if it's a significant draft pick, or if it's a a part of a, a larger return to get another player, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, you know, anything like that. Um, it's it's all about making the most of your assets you have there. So if you think Swayman's the guy moving forward, it gives you it, at the very least it gives you options. Which again, you look at this Bruins team and how they're built. The fact they have so many guys already signed long term, a lot of cap flexibility both this year and in the years ahead as the cap ceiling kind of jumps up. It falls right in line with, I think, just the Bruins keeping their options open. It's a good problem to have. Do we keep the best goalie tandem in the league, or do we 
hand the reins to a 25 year old goalie who seems to be on his way to being one of the best in the league and then getting something back for our Vesna winning backup one B, whatever you want to call him. It's a good, it's a good place to be in if you're the Bruins. It is. And I think Omar has a ton of value. Like you could, again, as you said, whether it's a hot, you know, a first round pick that plus prospects, whether it's, you know, a straight up player for player swap. Now where I see them keeping the tandem is let's say they go into the playoffs. Is let's just say they're still the one seed in the Atlantic, and they win the first round, and they do the they switch off. You know they they do the tandem, and then they go to the second round, and let's say you know they're maybe they're out in seven, or they go they even get to the conference final and they're out. Right? I could see them wanting to run it back with that tandem of like, hey, we're right there, and we have yeah. some cap flexibility. Let's try it another year. Let's see what the tandem can do, and let's go out and add whether it's a a score or something like that to get us over the top. Um, if they win the cup, I could see them being like, all right, we did it. Let's, let's, you know, reload for the future. And I think if they're out in the first round and the tandem doesn't work, it's like, all right, well, we've, you know, we got to make a decision here. Like this tandem has not worked in the playoffs. Um, so that's, those are kind of the two scenarios I see of where the tandem stays versus where the tandem kind of goes away. Um, I don't think we're overrating or I don't think we're over... I don't think we're looking too deep into the um, the idea of them eating up too much cap. Like, I think that's true. I think if you have yeah. both goalies, let's say you have Swayman at 7, you have Olmark at 5.25. Okay, Swayman's making more than Olmark for a year. Then Olmark's going to come up, come up, and he's going to want more. And then yeah. you will have never gotten anything for Olmark because you can't have Olmark making 8, 8.5, and, and Swayman making 7. Yeah. 7.5, you can't do that. That's why I think that's going to force their hand this offseason. Yeah, no, I mean, regardless of what they do this offseason, I think next season after, we're, we're, let's say they keep Olmark and he's due for that next contract, I can't see the Bruins having two guys making seven and a half, eight million a year, right? Like, that's not feasible. It's going to be, the decision's going to be this offseason as to how you want to approach it if Swayman does get a significant pay bump, which sure seems like that's going to be the case. Or there's the option that you trade his rights. If you, I don't know why you would do that because Olmark is going to cost you more down the road and he's older. older. So I don't I don't understand the whole trade Swayman and keep Olmark. You know, I've seen some of that. Um yeah. but again, I don't want to trade either of them right now. There's Unless no you rush. want Paul Eiserman, but that's right. That's right. <laughs> Get him in there. Um anyways, uh, by, by the way, before we go, one quick thing. Uh one guy I want to shout out, Parker Warthers uh, Watherspoon. He's been great. Great yeah. depth defenseman, good third pairing guy, good, you know, for what he's asked to do. Five or six defensemen, like I, I'm happy with that, right? Like I, I he's been good so far. So that's our Parker Weatherspoon minute. <laughs> shut, shut up, shut up, Parker Weatherspoon. No, he's been good, and especially I think when you look at the fact that uh, you're missing Brennan Carlo, who I think's been their steadiest defenseman. Uh, you need someone to eat into some of those PK minutes. I think he's done a really good job there. He's not flashy, but gets the job done, which I think is all you're asking for out of a seventh defenseman. So he's done really good over the stretch with Carlo uh, on the shelf. That's perfect. And the other thing is, like, not every guy who comes up has to have a crazy ceiling. Not everyone's got to be low ride where it's like, oh, that's a potential, you know, top pairing defenseman. Wotherspoon is a great depth guy. And you want those in your system, right? When the playoffs come around and guys get injured, we say this all the time about defensemen, you need guys there who are reliable. I could easily see a guy like Wotherspoon getting into the lineup because somebody got hurt in, like, game three or four of a series. Yep. So, yep. Um, lots of stuff there, uh, Connor. 
Before we go, what can the people look forward to from you at the Globe and Boston.com? Yeah, you can uh, follow my stuff over at Boston.com where I have you covered every step of the way this season, whether it's uh, game stories, features, columns, video breakdowns, all that good stuff. You can find all my stuff on Twitter, X, whatever it's called, at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Um, yeah, that's it. And you can watch, uh, people can watch you on Boston Globe today. Uh, yes. So that's uh, always a, a great me, watch. You can find me everywhere. One of my buddies from high school, Rob Alvarez, saw me at the Outback, not at the Outback, like eating a blooming onion, but I was on TV <laughs> at the Outback. Maybe Rob was having a blooming onion, but he saw me on the television screen. I was going to say, wouldn't you rather be at the Outback, like physically there eating, uh, right? Let me tell you, I had a bad experience at the Outback a few years ago. It used to be one of my favorite spots. I'm, I'm not Team Outback anymore. No disrespect ah. to Rob, because I used to love it. And I'm sure there's good <laughs> things, but I made a bad choice getting like steak tacos there. And it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Evan. Uh, I don't want to revisit this. Yeah, there's no reason I'm done to. Talking. Uh, I'm done talking. We're, we're, we're not anti-Outback. I, I no. agree. It's a, one bad one bad experience can kind of change everything. But yes. uh, anyways, maybe you can go see go to the Outback or the 99 or a great one of these great local restaurants and see uh, Connor on TV. But yes. uh, anyways, that's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruce Beat listeners, have a great rest of your week. Team.